Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. So, in a time of crisis, or any times of crisis, they are followed by a time of rebuilding. Okay, In uh, times of crisis, that's what happens. And there's a lot of crisis around at the moment. I'm sure you're aware of that, whether that's uh, health with COVID. And uh, we have a, a number of families in the church who are now isolating for various different COVID-related reasons. Uh, so they might feel they're in a bit of a crisis at the moment. Uh, there is employment that is related to this as well. Lots of people worried about jobs, looking for new jobs, or have lost their jobs. Uh, in all of that, there is a, a mental health crisis too. Uh, perhaps even a crisis of poverty. Numbers of people find themselves in very different situations than they did maybe a year, 18 months ago. Uh, There is much that the world is going through at this point. And perhaps you find yourself in a crisis because of that. Maybe you've recently experienced a crisis. Maybe it's in relationship. Maybe in finance. Again, maybe in health. Maybe even a crisis in your faith. And once a crisis is done or we feel like we're moving to the end of it or perhaps even in the middle of it, we need to begin thinking about rebuilding. We need to look ahead and to plan at least how or what we are going to rebuild. And it's easy just when you're in the crisis, when you're in a hard time, you just want it to finish, don't you? You're not really thinking about what lessons to learn or what's going to happen in the future. You're in a hard moment, you just want it to be over, don't you? It's very simple. Most of us feel that way. And when a difficult time is passed, you might think, actually, you know what, I never want to think about that again. So numbers of us, I imagine, uh, when this COVID thing is finally over, whenever that might be, we might think, you know what, I never want to think about 2020 or 2021 again. Let's just forget they ever happened. And it's easy to move on. And it's easy to perhaps not reflect on what did happen or not to think about, well, why did those things happen? Why did I react in the way that I wanted to? Perhaps even think, are there lessons God wants me to learn? Now, I I don't think that every crisis that happens is God saying, you've got a whole bunch of lessons to learn, so here's a bad thing. I don't think that's what happens. I don't think God is that vindictive. I do think he wants us to learn how to worship him in every situation, whether life is good or whether life is bad. There is always a call to live for him and to worship. So we're going to attempt over these next just four weeks to learn lessons from crisis. And that's going to take some maturity on our behalf, and you're all very mature people, so it won't be a problem. Some honesty, some self-awareness, perhaps even a bit of humility and faith. And we're going to do this by looking at the book of Haggai. And we're going to, this series we're going to call Rebuilders, and that's because that's exactly what Haggai calls the people of God, Israel, to do. Because when Haggai stands up to speak, to preach, he starts in a moment of crisis. Israel is in a mess. 
Uh, and he starts to speak in the year 520 BC, which not even Victoria remembers. And that's about two and a half thousand years ago. 500 years before Jesus. Yep, never going to get over that. And uh, so Haggai was a prophet of God. Started, uh, he was a speaker in the great tradition of the Jewish prophets. And a brief history of Israel is Israel left slavery in Egypt. Remember, Moses led them out of plagues and through uh, the sea, and then they went to Mount Sinai and became God's people there. And then that led them to a place where they started to have kings. And the first king of Israel was King Saul. Then there was King David. And then there was King Solomon. And Solomon broke all sorts of laws of God's. And the kingdom split in two when his son took over. So Solomon's son, very immature. And the kingdom split in two. And then there was the northern kingdom. And they had 14 kings. All of which were rubbish. All of them idolaters. They would worship anything apart apart from the living God, oppressors of their own people, not good kings. And then there was the southern kingdom, which had a lot of bad kings and a few that were reasonable. Okay, So they were not in a good situation, Israel. And actually, if you read through the books of 1 and 2 Kings, you just see the story go up and down in the southern kingdom. Good king, yeah, and he sorted things out. Bad king, it all goes to pot again. And then the northern kingdom, it's just bad king, bad king, bad king. It's worth reading. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Anyway, uh, but throughout this time, there were prophets for hundreds of years that would stand up and say to God's people, they would confront the kings and say, we need to get back to God's. We need to walk away from our sin. We need to walk away from our the worshipping other gods, we need to walk away from our rebellion, we need to live for God, we need to fulfil our purpose, we need to be God's people. And the, the prophets would call them back to that. But they would also warn, look, if we don't do this, if we don't go back to God, the nation will fall, the temple will fall, slavery will be the results of this. And these prophets are largely ignored. And so then the northern kingdom in 722 BC fell. Fell to the Assyrians. Okay? And it was wiped out. And the southern kingdom lasted a bit longer. Again, because they had a few kings who did repent and God relented. But then the southern kingdom fell when Nebuchadnezzar comes from Babylon in 587 BC and wipes out the southern kingdom. I mean, really, there is very little left behind. The temple is destroyed. The People are taken into slavery. And then the Persians start to rule over Babylon. And the king says, okay, you can return. Some of you Israelites can go back and you can rebuild your temple. That's what you can do. And that's what happens. They are led by a high priest called Joshua and a guy called Zerubbabel who is in the line of David. So he's a little bit like a king. And they are led back. Now, if you've been around Gorton for a while, we we talked about this last year when we were all on Zoom church. And we talked through the story of Ezra. and in that story, Ezra says the work ground to a halt on the temple. They started building, but then they stopped. They stopped because they were scared of the peoples around them. They were scared of what the, um, the Persians were going to say. They thought that people had been lying about them to the Persians, and the Persians were going to wipe them out again, or the people around them were going to attack. So the Israelites just got scared and said, we're going to stop building. We're not going to do it anymore. And at this point, Haggai stands up. He stands up to preach. And actually, the book of Haggai is a pretty short book. We're going to preach through it in four weeks. There is a few months of him preaching or delivering kind of prophetic words, kind of compassion 
injected into this book. So Haggai appears, says all of this stuff, and then disappears again very quickly. Uh, And he speaks in this moment of crisis. And we're going to read Haggai 1, just verses 1 to 11. It will appear up on the screen for you. I do, but if you've got Bible, paper Bible, open your paper Bible. I can't use a Bible on my phone because if I do, I start reading about football. It's inevitable. I can't, I don't have the self-discipline or self-control. If you have that, well done. I do not have to use a paper Bible. Anyway, Haggai 1, let's read. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel the son of Shittile governor of Judah and to Joshua the son of Jehoshadak the high priest thus says the Lord of hosts these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord then the word of the Lord came by the hands of Haggai the prophet is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. He who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold it came to little and when you brought it home I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew. The earth has withheld its produce and I've called for a drought on the land and the hills and the grain, the new wine, the oil on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all their labours. So Haggai is standing in front of God's people and in this moment of crisis and this describes it, says you've stopped building but you're experiencing difficulty. Even when you earn money it disappears. Even when you build crops or grow crops they die very quickly. You're in a very difficult moment. And Haggai stands up and says, we need to grasp and understand this moment that we're in. This point of crisis. We need to hear from God. We need to rebuild properly. We have a whole history of mistakes that we have made as a people. And we need to learn and to see how we can thrive into the future. And when we go through a crisis, the effects linger on. So if we are, if COVID finished tomorrow, we would all think, oh great, it's all done, don't have to think about it anymore. But actually, all sorts of things will be going on in our hearts, will be going on in our society that are the effects of this crisis. And these things linger and have a, a deep impact on us. And we will all get through the situations that we may be experienced, but actually to process what's happened, to realise what it's done to us, actually is a very important thing to do. I don't think Haggai suggests a few different mindsets that we need uh, as we begin to rebuild. And he suggests three things that we're just going to pick up on this morning. Three ways to, to understand what has happened to us and think about how we move forwards. And the first one is that we need a plan. So in this, that God says that these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Okay, so let's just bear with me for a second and let's think about this. So to come out of a crisis, to come out of a difficult time, we need a plan. Don't, 
even a strategy of how you do that. And in order to get that plan, that strategy, you first have to acknowledge what the problem was. You have to understand what the crisis was. If you have a plan but you don't understand what the problem is, the plan will probably be wrong and you probably won't help yourself. So you need to understand the situation that you find yourself in. So I I don't know about you, I found the winter lockdown, what we went through last winter, just really very depressing. It was a, a real struggle. I found it myself, very low motivation, the feeling of isolation that everybody experienced, generally feeling quite low, and I imagine most people did. November to early March seemed to take about eight years, that's how long it felt. Now it was cold, it was Manchester winter, so it was dark, it was grey, it was just lonely. I know everybody went through a thing like that. And I remember at various points thinking, I wish somebody would message me. And I know a number of people I thought, I wish you would stick me a message and uh, be nice to talk to you. And that was friends and family and numbers of people I thought, it'd be great if you sent me a message. Um, But it didn't happen. Because me thinking it doesn't tell them to send me a message. Though I'm not that gifted, it doesn't work. Uh, And I realised that actually, uh, in order for me to actually resolve some of this isolation, I needed to put one foot in front of the other and start messaging people myself. Now you might think this is very obvious, but it took me a few months. So let's just leave it there. Uh, So that's what I did. I started to message a few uh, particular people. I thought, I haven't seen you in ages. I want to have a conversation with you. It will help me. And everyone I stuck a message to was like yeah that's brilliant I'd love to have a chat and so we didn't it was actually that was a little strategy a little plan because I understood how I felt understood the situation I was in at the moment and that's what God does with Israel at this moment he says to them these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord's Now it's easy when we read about the Israelites, it's easy to go, oh well they were just a sinful group of people. Look at the Old Testament, just chaos. One story after another, they're a mess, they're disobedient, they're lazy. We are not like that. It's easy to kind of have that mindset again, isn't it? But actually, this lot were terrified. There was a lot of fear there. There was a lot for them to face up to. They were scared. They were scared to do what God wanted them to do because they were scared of all the nations around them. They were scared of um, what the, their invaders, the Babylonians, would do to them. They were in fear of what happened to them in the past. They would have heard the stories of how they were taken out of their, their homes, dragged off to another country. There was lots that they were having to process and go through. And so they do what most of us do when we are scared and we procrastinate. We put off what we need to do. And there's always a reason for it that we can imagine in our head that isn't, I'm just scared of doing it. We can always find a dozen different things that we need to do before we address the real issue. But actually God is saying something is wrong in your hearts. There is something going on that is holding you and binding you and keeping you where you were. And he wanted them to face up to this situation. Actually, just let's be real for a moment. Let's be self-aware. Let's understand what we have gone through. And let's understand the impact it has had on us. Which is a very difficult conversation to have with yourself. To be really honest about how you feel and what you've gone through. Even to tell other people about it. And it's easy in those times just to avoid it, isn't it? If we're honest, to avoid it, to change priorities, to dress it up in busyness or illness or whatever it might be. 
But I think God wanted them, actually, look, let's face up to this issue. When we do that, we can then start taking steps forwards. Now, they had been through a lot, hadn't they? They are a conquered nation. They are a destroyed nation. They have been dragged into exile. They have had 70 years of exile. Most of the people that now were in Jerusalem with Zerubbabel and Joshua, actually most of them were born in exile. There were some older people there who could remember the temple, but lots of them would have just heard stories. They don't even know what Jerusalem looks like. Uh, They have only very vague stories of former times. So Jerusalem in its greatness to them is just a pile of rubble. That has to have an effect on you. And it's easy in those moments to just become timid, to actually be defined by the difficulty. We are not a people of a great nation, we're just a people of a pile of rubble. That kind of begins to define you, doesn't it? Your faith is reduced. Perhaps your trust in God is reduced as well. But God is speaking to them and saying, look, it's now or never time. Actually, this is what I want to do. It's not even you can do this, believe in yourselves. It's not that at all. That doesn't actually help us. If we believe in ourselves, then it all really falls to pieces. He's saying, it's time for you to believe in me, to remember who I've made you to be. You are God's chosen people. You need a plan. Let's move forward. So they needed a plan, but they also needed a home. Okay, weird thing to say. Let's think about it. Uh, it's, um, and uh, it says, doesn't it, it's time. Is it a time for you? yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruins. So the plan actually that God had for them was very, very simple. He said, you people need a home. You need somewhere to live. And we all need that actually. Everybody needs a home, don't they? Whether it's your, your flat or your house, everybody needs somewhere to live. Which is why homelessness is just such an evil thing, because actually it takes a wonderful, uh, uh, important thing away from us. Because a home is somewhere where we can actually begin to build life. Home should be somewhere that is safe. Home should be somewhere that is relaxing, even. Somewhere to be hospitable. That home is actually probably the centre of your life. Even if you live in a house with a number of other people and you go off to work and school, everybody eventually comes back to the home and you'll reflect on the different days you've had together. The home is the centre, isn't it? Where you spend most of your time. Many of us have spent almost all of our time in our homes in the last few years, haven't we? But home is important. And it's important that we understand this. And Haggai, when he says this, is making a very, very provocative statement that we need to hear and understand. And he says, you are living in your panelled houses. In other words, he's saying, you've really done well with your homes. You've made very nice homes. They've even got panels in. Okay, I don't know know what that means. I'm imagining expensive wallpaper. That's what I think he's saying. You are living in comforts. And the suggestion is your comfort has ruined you a little bit, actually. You've missed the point of why you are here. You've built your home on earth, but you've missed your heavenly home, which you are to build now as well. So he's pointing at their very nice houses and saying, but look at my temple down the road. It's a pile of rubble. It's in ruins. Now you think, okay, well, what's this got to do with a home? Because God is not saying, have a rubbish home. He's not saying, be homeless, people. He's actually saying, look, my temple is where I meet my people. 
It's where people come and repent. It's where their lives are turned around. It's where they worship. It's where they set themselves straight with God. It's where they hear from God and go and do what he wants them to do. It's the centre of their life. And actually the temple was the centre of that whole nation's life. whole nation of Israel, their life spun around the temple. That's why there are so many festivals that call them into the temple. Even if you lived way outside of Jerusalem, you would go to the temple a number of times a year as part of your life. Very, very important. And it wasn't just spiritual either. It was political. Leadership happened there. Uh, it was an important place for the kings. Uh, a lot of their economy spun around that as well. Very important place and he's saying you've neglected this place where God lives and that's why it was so important because God lived there therefore he was at the center of everything says you've built comfort into your own life but you've neglected the most important thing and there is a suggestion here saying look you care about yourselves you're looking after yourselves but you're not looking after the whole people And Haggai is asking him, he's saying, what is at the centre of your life? Is it just you and your family? Are you just resolving your little problems? Or actually, is God at the centre of your life, which affects a whole nation? And he's asking him, what should you build first? Now I know this for myself, I know that if I want to put uh, time with God into my day, if I want to pray, pray, read my Bible, if I want to hear from Him, I have to plan that into my day first. I'm not saying it's always the first thing I do in the day, uh, although often it is, uh, but actually I know where I put it first. Otherwise I do everything else and then at the end of the day I'm like, oh, I better read my Bible quickly and I'm reading my Bible tired and I don't really care about it. So I have to put it into my day first or other stuff gets built in. I know that I need to put generosity into my finances first, otherwise I will just spend it all on other things and God will just get the few pennies that I've got left over. We have to build the right thing first. And as we come out of crisis, and remember Israel was in this crisis, it was a great opportunity to rebuild, to reconsider, and he says, what are you going to build first? Are you going to build your house first, or are you going to build God's house first? Are you going to put you at the centre, or are you going to put God's at the centre? And the final thing that Haggai wants them to consider, remember, he wants them to have a plan. What are they going to build first? You need a home. And finally, he's telling us to step back. And actually, CCM, I think this is a relatively big moment for us as a church. I think it is for all of the churches in the UK at the moment. All that's happened, all that we've gone through in the last year, I think that we need to reflect a little bit, actually. And it's quite easy to think we're just going to charge ahead, forward into the future. And I'm a big fan of that. That's why we're going to plant six new sites and do all the things that we want to do. I'm a big fan of charging ahead. Not a huge fan of introspection. But actually, I think we do need to pause and just have a think to reflect on the things that you have gone through in the last year Uh, and lockdown actually has forced other things to happen hasn't it so you might be thinking of things that you have gone through that have been made worse by lockdown or been made worse by health issues because big changes have come on us onto our families onto our friendship groups big changes have come into our workplace and into our city 
this week uh, a friend of mine he messaged me and said Tim I, I need, to, need to talk can I come round so I said yeah he came round he sat in my garden on my brand new patio which I was happy to show off he sat there and he's a very good friend I've known him for 10 years and uh, he sat in my garden and he just cried now he doesn't cry he just he's one of those guys who never cries. I cry at an advert. It's embarrassing. I cry very easily. I work really hard on not doing it, which makes it worse. That's what happens. But he just cried for ages in my garden to the point I was like, what, what's going on, man? What's going on? And the reality was lockdown had just been very, very difficult for him. Very tough. He said, I've not seen my family. They live abroad. Not seen him for two years. Not seen my friends as much. Same as everybody. And actually, then, as he went through this, he said, I've also realised I'm just distant from God. Actually, I, I don't know him like I did. And he said this, not me, so I'm not putting words in his mouth. He said, it's exposed my relationship with God. Actually, in previous pre-COVID times, I could quite easily bumble along, pray a bit on a Sunday, have mates, and that would keep me going. But actually, it's exposed that I don't have deep relationship with God. I don't know him as well as I thought. And actually, it was eating him up. Genuinely surprised. This was not someone who's very introspective, not someone who's very flamboyant and over the top, not a crier, and he sat there and cried. I think we are in a moment to take a breath and just to think, what has this done to me? How do I move forward? And God says that. He says it a couple of times in this passage. He says, consider your ways. Wonderful, very simple line. Thus says the Lord of hosts to us, to all of us, consider your ways. It's interesting, isn't it, to think about your ways, just the routines of life, the habits of life, the thought patterns that we allow. Actually, consider them. Put them into the context of what Haggai is saying. Is it about you at the centre or is it God, his temple, him at the centre? And it's easy, actually, in these moments to start rebuilding and start charging forward. And and we will, because it's natural human tendency to actually make the best of what we've got, actually. Uh, Humans really struggle when we're not able to do that. We we try our best to, to make the best of what's in front of us to begin to rebuild. Even if you go to very difficult places that have been through war and suffering, you'll see very quickly people are trying to rebuild their lives. Even if it's, I just need to get a roof over my head. People very quickly do that. But just for a moment, we need to pause and think, what am I going to build? Am I going to build to his plans or to my plans? Who's the architect here? Is it me or is it God? Am I going to build his house or am I going to build mine? And actually, I think the Holy Spirit wants to challenge and to provoke. There is a call, like my friend was experiencing in my garden, to go back to God, to go back to the Father. There's also a call to come back to our true purpose, to who God actually made us to be, to be his people with him at the centre, not with ourselves at the centre. And it begins with us just pausing for a moment and considering our ways.